Sunday shared a word um, entitled, God is Good. And um, how many believe God is good? Well, I mean, you know, it's not hard to figure. Well, I don't know, though. Some people think God's not so good that he's kind of bad and he's mean and he's got a big stick. And every time you do something wrong, he's after you, you know, to take you out. Some people believe that. I've met people like that. I've heard lots of people talk about people like that, but I haven't necessarily known a whole lot of people. But I've met a few people personally that really thought God was mad at them angry, holding things against them, you know, wasn't here in, in a forgiving mode in their lives. And I'm telling you, God is just good. Everything about God is good. And you know where it really started, and you can turn there if you want to Genesis chapter 1. It started in the book of Genesis with how seeing how good God was. And just starting with the first verse, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and then God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw the light, that it was what? What He said that came to pass was good. So we see see the, the beginnings of God not being bad, but God being good. I'm telling you today, everything that God does, everything that God's ever done was good. And when He made you, He made a good thing. Say that, I'm a good thing. Amen. You are a good thing. Um, Verse um, verse 24. Then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing, and the beast of the earth, each according to its kind, and it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was what? All the animals were good. Then in verse 26 it said, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him. Male and female, He created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, I have given you every herb that yields seed on the face of the earth and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you, it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and so to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life, I've given green herb for food, and it was what? So, then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. Everybody say very good. Not just good. But it was very good. God is good. And what He makes is good. And God created you in His image, and that means that you're good. Because God never created anything that was bad. Now, man has has attempted creation, but everything that man attempted to create was no good. And man has never created anything that wasn't already created. So anything that man thinks that they dreamed up, what they got was just on loan from God. 
because he's created it all. Amen? And everything is good. Every human being on planet earth was created good. Hmm? When, when, man, when man made an effort, when man started making an effort after the garden, after the fall of mankind, when man started making the effort to provide for himself, to do things on his own, and try to make things happen for himself without God, that's when things got messed up. And they've been, they've been being messed up ever since, right? But God sent Jesus, and he sent the second Adam into the earth so that you and I could be connected to him so that the goodness he created us in, we could experience and, 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 and tap into every day of our life. We don't have to be created good and act bad. We don't have to be people that have been created in the image of God and act like the devil. I just believe that. Amen? Sunday I read this verse. Jeremiah chapter 29. <clears throat> and this is what God says about you. For I know, God says this, He said, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil to give you a future and a hope. Amen? Amen? Verse 11, in the, uh, in the Amplified, For I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you. So God has thoughts and plans for you. And the Bible is real clear that the thoughts and the plans that God had for you, He had already planned for you before you even were. Now this, this taps into how not, how, not just how good God is, but how awesome He is. He had plans and a, and a purpose for you before you were even thought about. Because if the Bible says that's so, then it's so. And that's how not only how good He is, but how awesome and powerful He is. So what we have to learn when we come to the knowledge of the truth, that's why church life is so important. That's why the preaching of the Word is so important. That's why understanding the person of the Holy Spirit is so important in our lives. Because if we can hear from God and then do what His Word says, His Word will work for us just exactly like it says so. Right? And that's what God wants. He wants the plan and the purposes that He put you here for, for you to be fulfilling. When man tries to do it on his own, then he lives life and he goes to the grave not fulfilling the plans and the purposes that God had for him. That's why you bring people because they need to know this stuff. That's what we teach. We don't teach what just seems right. We teach what is right. Right? And because we teach what is right, then it causes people to become creative. Their, their eyes begin to be opened up. They begin to understand things they've never understood before. And then we begin to be able to hear the voice of God and tap into what the real plans and the real purposes were that God had for us before we were. That's how good and how awesome that God is. Amen? And I read this on Sunday, Psalm 34. This is a psalm of David, and David said this, I will bless the Lord at all times, 
and his praise or the, or the praise of how good God is will continually be in my mouth. Verse 4 says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he did what? He delivered me from all my fears. Everything that, that had me gripped, he delivered me. Verse 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is what? He's good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How, how, can, you, how can you taste something that's not put before you? One of the reasons for the Friend Day and all of the promotion for Friends Day and, and beyond is to make us all aware of the fact that people have to be able to be invited to the table. People have to be invited to the party. They have to be invited to the wedding feast. They have to be invited to come to a place where they can taste and see that the Lord is good. And then what happens? Then they learn to trust. You can't trust in something or someone that's, that's in the natural invisible and have no information about how really good He is, you won't just trust Him and know that He's good because somebody told you. You have to be taught. You have to, you have to hear the Word preached to you. And as it's preached to you, it gives the Holy Spirit inside of you, if you're born again, it gives the Holy Spirit inside of you something to work with, something to reveal. Something to say, now this is, this is what your pastor said, or this is what this teacher or preacher said or ministered. Now I want to tell you what I really mean for you. See, we need both parts of it. We need the Word preached, but then we need to be confident in the person of the Holy Spirit to reveal the truth to us. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Trust in Him and He'll do what His Word says He'll do. So, I want to just look at these two, these two other passages in the New Testament tonight just to add to what we talked about on Sunday. And the first one's found in Philippians 2. Philippians, no actually, I'm going to look at Mark 10 first. Mark 10 first and then we'll look at Philippians 2. Mark 10 and... Um, Let's just start reading with verse 13. Mark 10 and 13. Then they brought little children to him. His disciples brought little children to Jesus, that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly distressed, and he said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms and, his hand, and, and laid his hands on them, and he blessed them. Verse 17. Now as he was going on the road, one came running and knelt, knelt before him, and he asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? For no one is good but one. That's God. 
Then he started telling him, you know, the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do this, all these things. And, and this, this rich young ruler said to him, he said, I've done all these. Then he said, the next thing is give everything you have away. And, and, and the, there's a place for you in the kingdom of God. Notice that the young man that came to him, he called him good teacher. And Jesus stopped him in his tracks and he said, why do you call me good? There's only one good. What was he, what was he trying to do? He, he, was, he was developing something. Some people think, well, you know, this guy was worth millions and he, Jesus said, give everything you have away and give it to the poor and, and, and you'll be great in the kingdom. And, and, he, and so Jesus was after his money. I've heard people say that. Well, he was after his money, trying to give, get him to give everything away. No. No. Jesus, I, I believe, and, and there's record that this guy was born again and had a really strong ministry after Jesus died and was, and was resurrected and, and did some amazing things. There's record in church history that this guy did a lot of stuff. But Jesus was, was challenging him on a couple of things. Number one, only God is good. And in Jesus' position as the Son of Man, He wasn't even good. Only the Father. Only the Father. Now don't call me good. He's good. The Father's good. Now, if Jesus, if Jesus, being the living Word, was still in His position in heaven, when a question like that was asked, yeah, he could, say, he could say that. But the Bible says He humbled Himself, came to the earth, so that He could come to our aid. And what He was telling us was, what He was telling this young man, that you've got to learn how to release everything in life so that the goodness of God is what you yearn and draw from. That's what constantly in life causes you to turn to is how good God is and not how good you can try to make your life. Because the harder that we try to fix our lives and, and to labor in our lives without God, the harder we try to do that, the worse things we'll get. What God wants is for us to know that there's only one good. None deserve to be able to be born again. None of us deserve what the Bible says we are. We're right with God. We're the righteousness of God in Christ. We are right with God because of what Jesus did. And God never wants us to forget that. He's the only one that's good. Only what Jesus did is, is good and worth even talking about. Everything else is like dirty rags. It's, it, it, it means absolutely nothing. But God is so about you and my life. He so wants to be a part of everything that you're doing. And He knows if there's other things that stand in the way, then it hinders Him from being able to be what He was what he, what he has to be in our life for us to be successful, for us to fulfill the plans and the purposes that He had for us. So remember that tonight. God is good, and His desire is that you know that more and more every day, and that continues to be your number one focus, that, your number, that all, all your trust is in God and not in anything else.
See, Jesus knew that that young man's trust was in money. See, God wants us to trust Him and have money. He doesn't want us to trust in money, and then when we can, we'll, we'll, we'll try to spend a little time with Him. Now, He wants us focused on Him so that we can have everything. The, the Bible says, the blessing of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow. One translation says, the blessing of the Lord causes riches to come. We don't have to, we don't have to go chasing riches. When we trust God, riches will come to us. It's the way He created it. Can you say amen? And then Philippians 2, talking about how good God is. Philippians 2 and verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for His what? His good pleasure. It's God who works in you and I. See, one of the reasons that it's so important for people to know that God is good and so important for us to get the word out to people that God is good is because when someone realizes that God is good and they begin to trust Him, then what His pleasure is, what His desire is for our life is what begins to work in them, and then He makes sure it comes to pass. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not next week, month, or year, but it will come to pass if we stay with it. And we develop the trust, and we develop this awareness of how good and how powerful and how everything that He is. He's our Creator. He created us. He positioned us. He placed us. He had a plan and a purpose for us even before we were. And now, where we're at today, He wants more than ever for you and I to trust Him and let this be worked out on the inside. It says, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Verse 14, so do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and a perverse generation among whom you shine as lights. Where? In the world. That's where we've got to shine. That's where people have to shine. And, and when the light of God in you shines into someone else and they want what you have, all, what happens is it, they turn around and do the same thing. It's, 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 this, it's this duplication process that's been happening ever since Jesus left the earth. And we're to duplicate ourselves in other people by allowing the goodness and the light in us to shine into others. I want to read that again. He said, Do all things without complaining and disputing or murmuring, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and a perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. In the midst of a crooked and a perverse generation. Well, what, are we, what, 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 is, what is our job then with Jesus, the light on the inside of us? Your and my job is, if this room was dark right now, and I had the back turn the lights on in here, what would happen? 
all of a sudden, we'd go from, I mean, there's no windows in here, and you wouldn't be able to see your hand in front of your face if all the lights are out. But the moment the lights go on, what happens? The darkness is exposed. <laughs> and that's what we're created to do. Not in a hard way, not in an ugly way, always remembering in yourself where you came from. Remember the trash and the junk that you've done and the things or whatever. And, and so when we come into other people's lives that are having struggles and, and difficulties and the things that they're going through, we are to allow the light to expose the darkness, not us. Well, you dirty piece of trash, you need to get over that. Yeah, yeah, just think about where you, you came from in your life. No, no, just love people. The more you love people, the love is what exposes or removes or covers the sin. Things that aren't working in people's lives, if people will love them, I'm telling you, the love is what will cause things. The Bible says the kindness of God leads a man to repentance. And that's what you and I have been called to do. That's what Friends Day was about. And that's what Friends Day from here on out. Every day, every Sunday, every time we come together, it's a day to bring a friend. Hmm? Everybody say, I'm a bringer. Say it again, I'm a bringer. Not just an inviter, I'm a bringer, right? Somebody's going to bring people. Because I promise you, the word that is preached the ministry, the love, the connection of other people is what will cause people to desire to want to grow and make changes in their life. How, how will people ever change in their lives? How will we ever change without the seed of the Word of God? Never. Never will. There'll never be a change. So, he said... Do all things, verse 14 again, do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and a perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding, verse 16, holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. The key is you take verse 14 and 15 and 16. To not have run in vain or labored in vain is to do what he said right there. Live your life without complaining and disputing so that you can become blameless and harmless and children without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation so that the light in you is exposing darkness. See, our life, my life, your life is not just about you. It's about people around you. You live in a world and the world and the, and the roads that you travel every day, the life that you live in every day is not the same life that I live in, vice versa. We all live different worlds and there's people in those worlds and on those paths that need us. And I can't tell you how vital and how important it is that people know how good God is because most people don't believe that. Most people don't think that God is good. And I'm telling you, He's good and He's got a plan. And He had a plan for every human being, no, 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 matter, no, no matter who it is, everybody was created in the image of God and everybody has a plan. That's why we've got to get the word out. Can you say amen to that? Just think about how, think tonight about how important it is 
to really know how bad people are really suffering. I mean, when you're without God in the world, when you've been created in the image of God, and yet you don't have the life of God in you, the light of God is not shining on the inside of you. How difficult it is to face what's out there. Have you ever stopped and thought? I mean, there's days for all of us that it's difficult. It's difficult with everybody sitting in here today at different times. There's difficult seasons. But think about doing it without any confidence or knowing how good God is and the plan that He has for you and, and, and the resources that are available in the kingdom of God. Think about what it's like to live out there without that. And it doesn't matter. It, uh, you, you, can, you can be poor. You can be rich. You know, you can, ha- you can you know, have a great job, a horrible job. It doesn't matter. N- none of, the, none of, the, none of the, the natural things that, that are added to our life really matters. If you don't have the life on the inside, there's this huge void that's there. And all the things that people try to do to fill that void, none of it works. Because that void is the presence of God. It's the life of God on the inside of us. And, and, and that life and that light is getting brighter and brighter and brighter until the full day. In other words, what, what should be happening, what, is, what God created to happen was in you, your life to get brighter and stronger and more clear and have more understanding until the day you leave this planet. Brighter and brighter and brighter until the full day. And I tell you what, the, bl- the brighter that you get with the life of God inside of you, based, you know, as a result of your relationship with God, how much you love God, how, how good you know that God is, how, how much you draw from that, the brighter it gets in you, those things, other people just pick up on it. And you become a God magnet. Everywhere you go, people, people, people just come to you. Because there's something different about your life. And, you know, it's not like, you know, Pollyanna or something, you know, like you're skipping, just everything's great and, you know, all that kind of thing. It's, it's not, it's not that you, just that you have a smile on your face. It's that the light of God is shining because you believe in it. And your faith and your trust is in it. And your faith and trust isn't in things or, or mammon. Either you'll trust in God or you'll trust in mammon. But what God, the way God set it up is for us to trust Him so we can have it. God desired for you and I to have mammon, to have riches, to have things in life, but because of our trust in Him. See, and when people get that right, when you get the provision thing right, that it's not, it's not going after provision that's going to create something in my life, but going after God will, pray, will create not only provision, but everything else. It'll give you the, going after God will give you the vision that you need to exist and then the provision to, to fulfill the vision and the purpose that He put you here for. But He's had a plan and a purpose for your life before you were. All God wants out of it is for you to tap it every day of your life. So, I came tonight to just encourage everybody in your own life. You know, I've been talking uh, a lot 
actually since July, we've talked a lot about evangelism. We've talked a lot about the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son out of Luke chapter 15. We've talked a lot about, about giving ourselves for other people. But I believe that's the key to every human being's success, to get their mind and their focus off themselves and over onto what we can do to help other people. I believe that's the key. And as, as we've learned that, and, and you know, it, it, there's been a lot of teaching. We've, we've brought a lot of messages over the last three months as, we, as we've prepared for this Friends Day this last Sunday. But, but it was by design. And, and we laid a strong foundation so that we can have that understanding and that revelation. So everything else that we hear and that we add to our lives in the future, that that, that becomes a stronger foundation than ever before, that I wasn't put on this earth just to exist. I wasn't just put here to have a career. I was put here to be a minister of reconciliation, to minister life to other people and let the light in me shine so that other people know how good that God is. That's what we were put here for. So starting Sunday and this whole month, Sundays and Wednesdays in the month of November, which is the month of Thanksgiving, we're going to teach a series, my wife and I are, we're going to kind of tag team and do a little of this together, but we're going to minister on the power of a thankful heart. Amen. The power of a thankful heart. How important, and you know, the title will probably change three times by Sunday, but that, at least that sounds really impacting tonight, right? The power of a thankful heart. Thankfulness, thankfulness, being thankful is a weapon that shuts the mouth of the enemy and it shuts the enemy down when you understand how to have thankfulness on your lips and your tongue speaking that all the time being thankful for everything that you can find around you every instead of looking at the negative in something looking at the positive the power of a thankful heart it just it it does something to your life we've we've preached on it a number of different times before through the years but um, and, and that one message, I have more people tell me that they, you know, Pastor, that, that, that message you preached, you know, six years ago, I still have that CD. I listen to it all the time. And, and I've heard that a number of different times from people or the, the downloads or whatever, but it's that message. It's the power of a thankful heart. That thankfulness is like a weapon in your hand that, that, that cannot be defeated. Because if all you do is say good, what else can happen in your life? It's good. You reap what you sow right? So anyway, we're going to, my wife is, is she and I are going to teach it together and, and uh, it's going to be a great series all the month of, of November on um, Sunday and Wednesdays other than the worship Wednesday. Amen? Amen? Father, we thank you tonight.